Welcome to Coffee with Catholic Workers, a podcast made by and for Catholic workers. I'm Theo, and I'm not joined today by my normal co-host Lydia. Regular listeners know we've been on a break for a little while, and while we hope to be back to our regular schedule soon, we've just been super busy doing the works of mercy and other Catholic worker stuff. In the meantime, our sound engineer Chris and I put together a few mini-episodes made up of interviews I did with some of the European Catholic workers I visited this past summer. You can find more about their houses and similar interviews with Catholic workers from my travels at catholicworkertheo.blogspot.com. Keep an eye out for new episodes of Coffee with Catholic Workers coming soon. But until then, enjoy this interview with Elizabeth and Josh from the Mustard Seed Catholic Worker in Lulia, Sweden. All right. Well, Josh and Elizabeth, welcome to Coffee with Catholic Workers. Uh, we're missing our, our normal friend Lydia this week. She had a works of mercy emergency. We've all been there. Um, but I'm really <laughs> appreciative that you all are willing to take the time to uh, talk with me, coming all the way from Sweden up there. Um yeah. Normally, we like to start by asking our guests, like, tell us about your Catholic worker journey. Like, how did you come to the movement and find your way to your Catholic worker house there? And then if you want to tell us also about the work you're doing and, and, and what happens way up there in Lulia, Sweden, uh, that would be great, too. And you can argue over who goes first. Well. I guess Josh found it first, so you can no. start. No, you yeah, maybe you found it in the, at the folk school. Ah, I'll start. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, my journey. I guess uh, I'll start with the uh, the military part. I, I think that's kind of where uh, uh, the fork in the road started, and um, I was uh, deployed to Iraq. Um, uh, I was in the army reserve. So 2005, 2006, I was in, uh, Baghdad and, uh, basically, um, uh, came to a point where I, I, uh, didn't see how I could continue to do this military thing and also be a follower of Jesus. And I had been, um, leading up to Iraq, I guess I had obviously started questioning a lot um uh my recruiter of course said uh when i went into the military that i would if i was a student i would not be deployed you know because they they want to prioritize uh students and their and their studies so but uh um obviously that was a lie and uh i was deployed and so all this became very real and i had a, a friend uh, as we were preparing for deployment, who uh, was uh, actively refusing um, to obey orders, and he was uh, he was refusing to carry a weapon, and he was uh, refusing to participate in in trainings, and uh, we and eventually we got to know one another, and 
we started talking a lot about that. He was a, a Christian as well. And, and um, basically because of his, his faith and his belief in, in the Sermon on the Mount and the teachings of, of enemy love, he decided he wasn't going to do violence anymore. Um, and that really like kind of uh, challenged me. And uh, so that's kind of where it started during Iraq. These kind of uh, doubts became even more real. And um, when I came back from Iraq, that's I was I was kind of looking for something else uh, of meaning and um, eventually stumbled upon the Catholic worker through some friends. Uh, they there was uh, some folks that were moving into um uh the northeast kansas city and they uh they were looking for folks to to come and help them out starting this community and and at the time i didn't know what a catholic worker community was but uh uh i was interested in what they were doing because they yeah they were kind of leaving this comfortable uh suburban lifestyle i guess and and moving into uh uh a tough neighborhood and and uh that kind of uh, to 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 live with the the marginalized and poor and to practice works of mercy and and that kind of inspired me and so i um i started going there to to volunteer passing out sack lunches and and uh eventually moved in there after a couple of years um moved into the community and spent four years there. That was at, at Cherith Brook, a Catholic worker in Kansas City. Um, that's also kind of that that uh, connection with the Catholic worker really like helped me um, take further uh, concrete steps to remove myself from the military and uh, and apply for conscience object, uh, objector status and, and was eventually... Uh, discharged and i think um yeah that really put my life on a completely different uh trajectory and that's where i met elizabeth <laughs> uh so maybe you can uh share now so i grew up here in sweden and my um my dad's from he's a mennonite from kansas and my mom's from here and when i was 19 20 maybe 20 I went to a bible school here in Sweden where um the focus was on environment and justice issues um theology around these issues and I remember we read the irresistible revolution during this year and that made an impact on me and at the end of the year, we were going to do a train ride with the class to visit some um, intentional Christians community communities um, in Europe. And we visited two. We visited uh, the Bruderhof community in northern Germany, and we visited... Uh, Catholic worker in Hamburg, bread and roses. And so that was my first uh, real 
meeting with the Catholic worker. And I think for my whole class, we were nine um, young people. It was really inspiring to meet these Catholic workers. And several of us actually uh, joined um, a Christian, Christian community after this. Uh, two of us actually uh, joined a Catholic worker. So I, I had decided after this that I wanted to try out the Catholic worker for a year. And I was going to make my last, um, my plan was to make my last flight to to go to Kansas and get to know my grandpa a little better. He was getting old. And, and then also uh, try out living in the Catholic worker house because I knew there were more in the United States. And my cousin told me about Cherith Brook because she's she had met them at a protest and she said they're good people so I contacted <laughs> the Cherith Brook Catholic worker and I got to do an internship there and then I my plan was to stay just one year and then I met Josh and he kind of <laughs> changed my plans a little bit so I ended up staying three years mm-hmm. and then we got married yeah, and then we moved to Sweden, and it, we we didn't start a community here right away. We mm. we waited, or yeah, after three three years, I guess. I don't think our plan we, was really. We, we didn't, didn't know if we were going to stay here, or if we're going back to Kansas City, or yeah. yeah, we didn't really have the intention of starting a community in Lulio. Uh, we didn't really know what we were how long we're going to be here um and so i think it kind of just um one thing led to another and this longing for community and 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 justice practicing uh our faith in in concrete ways and and doing the works of mercy that that we were so used to doing in kansas city and i think that was became something that we really missed uh, in Lulio and I think we knew even when we got married that we wanted to uh, keep living as Catholic workers yeah. but we didn't know how or where yeah. at the time yeah so yeah so then begins the story of, of the mustard seed community in Lulio and I think we'd live to three years yeah no f- Seven. No, before we before we started the oh in community the movie, you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, it was kind of just this this longing that we had. Um and it was it was when Liz was still was still going to school to be a nurse and we um we started to to meet a lot of homeless uh Roma people that were in, in Lulio. Uh there was a kind of this wave of of uh homeless romanians that um started to show up all over the streets of of sweden not just mm. lulio and uh and this was like the first year we were in sweden and uh we started to get to know a, f- a few of them and and they're like we need a we need a place to take a shower and and um do you know of a place and and so 
we started a conversation with our church. We started going to this uh, EFS Lutheran church and uh, we we got permission to uh, start this community meal every Tuesday and, and we got to use the shower in the basement. And, um, and so they, we invited him and, and they, uh, uh, they came and, and, uh, they cooked, they cooked the first meal for us. They cooked their, uh, they cooked, um, chorba, uh, this Romanian soup. And, uh, um, and then we just kept meeting every week, uh, and they would, come and take a shower and then we it just kind of built and and we started a clothing closet and then uh other other people came and and this community meal just evolved and from that i think i think we we were missing more like how, what do we call this what are we doing um we wanted to call it um in in catholic worker terms you know like we we're practicing the worst of mercy and we're we're practicing nonviolence and and we're inspired by the Catholic worker movement and, but people don't really um, relate so much to the Catholic worker uh, in, in most of Sweden. It's not really a, a movement that's had a lot of uh, influence. Um, it has, but, but uh, so it was kind of hard to ex- like, of course we would just explain like we're, we're doing what Jesus has called us to do uh, as his followers is loving our enemies and, and showing hospitality for the poor and that sort of thing. And Sweden is very known for its uh, in individual um, lifestyle culture. Uh, so it's, it's been said that Sweden has the most um, single households in, in the whole world. Uh, so a person living alone in a, in a, in a household. And, and this is like something that um, is, is very present just in the way people, I, I think live is that um, we, it's hard to find community and we were really longing for that and, and felt like it was something that we're called to as, as followers of Jesus too. And our church had this, this camp um, or has uh, this camp just outside the city where this empty building most of the year and we just saw the possibilities uh of of starting community there and or here we're we're here now but um it was empty uh, most of the year for when we when we first came to Lulio and so we just started um dreaming about it I guess and and then it came to a point where we we wrote our our ideas down and and we called it an experiment. Uh, the mustard seed was just a, it's just a, in the beginning, it was just a, a name that we came up with because we needed a name. And, uh, and so we, we presented this document to the the board of the church and, and we're like, we, we were wondering if we could uh, experiment with, with Christian community at Sundut camp and living together, practicing um, hospitality and um, sharing our belongings and, and um that sort of thing and it took them a while before they gave us an answer but finally we got we got a a one-year contract we got to we got to um experiment experiment and and we moved in here with two other ladies and uh in their 60s and uh that was interesting um and and uh yeah (laughs) anyway it's evolved we've lived here for seven years now and uh uh, there's been various people that we've shared this space with. Um, 
at the most we've been 12 people um and we've had uh from the beginning we've we've all, always tried to have a, a do christ room hospitality so we've had um at least one uh or two uh refugees or asylum seekers living with us um and then we have um a big it, it's it's kind of like a, it's an old farm so there's a big garden space so we try to um live simply and and take care of the of the land here and raise raise organic vegetables and we have a flock of chickens and we have some bees and uh yeah and uh, we try to practice um peace I think that's also been something that I've really had a passion for since uh, because of my background in the military, in the military. But uh, I remember when our first, our first year we were here, uh, they were having a, a protest in the city and people were, there was, there was passing out flyers about NATO. And I was like, what NATO in Sweden? <laughs> I was really surprised, but um, Sweden has a very close, uh, and now Sweden uh, full in has applied for NATO membership. But um, for many years, Sweden has, has ver had a very close relationship with NATO and, and it's been a host nation. So in Lulio, there's these NATO trainings. Uh, every other year, they have a, a big NATO training. Where they invite uh, NATO countries to come and and, uh, and train. And so we've, we've tried to be active in in resisting that and protesting and uh, so this year there was another they call it the arctic challenge exercise and so we, we we've started this christian peace group in lulio uh, and we decided this year we would organize um, an alternative training which we called the arctic peace challenge and uh, had different different uh exercises training us training uh, for peace instead of instead of war so we we had potatoes for peace we planted our potatoes for peace for example and we had a um a vigil at the at the base as well and you were there for that theo you were there for all of this yeah arctic peace challenge you helped us plant the potatoes i remember <laughs> we're very thankful i was there yeah it was great um so yeah that's a little bit about the mustard seed i guess yeah I'm curious, uh, I think Josh touched on this a little bit uh, when he was talking a minute ago, but I, I'd love to hear Elizabeth's thoughts uh, specifically, and, and if Josh has more to say about, like, how do you think the Catholic worker translates to Sweden, you know, uh, generally, uh, ha having experienced it a little bit both in the U.S. and there, do you think people get it? Maybe people in the U.S. don't really get it, so it's the, the <laughs> same there, too. Um, so, yeah, uh, how do you think it uh, translates to that context? There are not a lot of Catholics in Sweden. There, there are a few, um, but the, Catholic, the, the Lutheran church is, is dominant. And so I think we haven't really called ourselves a Catholic worker because I think we thought it would be confusing mm. in our context. But I think there are 
a lot, or there are Catholic workers even in our church, even though they don't know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've tried to educate, uh, to doctrinate, indoctrinate as well. We had a, a, a roundtable just this last week. Tell them, tell them about the, the Dutch invasion that we had. Yeah, we had a, <laughs> we were blessed by a Dutch invasion, or <laughs> yeah. a Dutch delegation mm, yeah. of uh, three families that came for two weeks, or some of them stayed for mm. two weeks. Some of them were here for mm. four days. And they led a roundtable here in our community about, was, about, about the Catholic worker. That was really fun and interesting for people, I think, to hear more about yeah. the background and different examples of how it, what it could look like. Um, but I don't know. I think in each place a catholic worker house looks a little different and this is not the northeast mm. in yeah. kansas city mm. it's the north north part of sweden and the issues we deal with are a little different but i think there are always there are always injustices in every um place just have mm. to maybe look harder in a place like Lulio before you mm. can see it. Maybe on the surface, it looks like there aren't a lot of homeless people or we have a pretty mm. good system set up. But actually, if you're not part of the system for some reason, like if you're undocumented, the system isn't very good. As long as you're part of the privileged part of society, it's yeah. it's pretty good um, system set up with free healthcare and free education and paid parental leave and um, yeah, if you lose your job or get sick, um, there's a better um, safety net for it, I guess, built in to society. Mm. So you can still live a pretty independent life most most of the time. Mm. But it's gotten Seems less it. it's gotten less good the last mm. years, like more difficult for people that mm. um need them. Yeah. It's gotten much harsher and now yeah. The government we have a, a right wing government um in yeah. sweden now and they're trying to change laws about how teachers and and um healthcare, healthcare workers workers have to report uh if they meet a an undocumented person um, they want so, us to call the police mm, on them yeah but you're you are a part of doctors of the world clinic which we also have in our church and that's a pretty cool thing yeah so it's it's for people that don't have access to the public health care. Hmm. And actually, the only people that by law don't is undocumented people do still. Technically, yeah. Technically have the right to, 
to go to the hospital if they need it and they sh it should be free of charge but a lot of people that are undocumented are afraid to do that because of the new uh, government that have like mm. made threats that they want to make it um so that healthcare personnel report them they don't yet but they want to do that but they've scared people so so those people do show up at the church on Tuesdays to mm. um, meet one of our doctors there. It's the, the same time as the community meal. Uh, but it's actually, it was made for the European Union. The Roma people. The, the homeless European Union. Um, migrants. Migrants that don't have European health insurance card, like the poor European Union people. Mm. Those are really the only people that are not covered by healthcare. Mm. There's definitely injustice here too. And like Josh was talking about the um, the military, there's a lot of um, international trainings here in our in our city even. Mm. and not too much peace work going on so mm. we definitely need help with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah most folks uh you know have never heard of lulia sweden you know the the other european catholic workers they've heard of london and amsterdam and stuff like that like what what is the town like kind of where is it what is life like at a catholic worker in lulia hmm. we live like um a 25 minute bike ride from downtown lulia so this is considered countryside kind of hmm. where yeah we can grow food and our neighbors have horses and stuff but it's really, it's not that big of a city. So pretty soon you'll come into, into the city area. Hmm. And, and it's, it's an in, in, industry, industry city. Mm -hmm. It's a, there's a, it's a steel city. So there's a big, it's literally goes famous for its steel mill and it ships steel all around the world. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, a, it's also a university town. So it's, yeah. It's an ice it's, hockey town and a basketball <laughs> town. Yeah. And it's also an Air Force town. So actually yeah. I think a lot of people are pretty supportive of of the Air Force and it yeah. it, it has its route right over our garden. So mm. when you're outside planting potatoes, it's all of a sudden you can't talk anymore because mm. it just Yeah. The Air Force is training. Yeah. Especially when you were here, they did more intensely, but even on a normal day. It, and it's the main town or city of the region. So, hmm. I mean, the north of Sweden is more rural than southern Sweden. So hmm. it's pretty densely populated area. So this is where sparsely. people... Okay. Sparsely. Ah, you mean in Luleå densely? Oh, no, I mean what you said. Okay. 
the the region of Norrbotten, which yeah. is where we live. And that's actually one. So Sweden is also famous for its its logging, um, and that, and that's one of the really tragedies of of yeah the northern part of Sweden is is the the logging industry, which really um, has destroyed all, almost all of the old growth forests uh, and. They claim to have a very green approach, but uh, yeah, this is... The state owns most of the forest, and there's a lot of queer cuttings going on. And so, yeah. The, the north of Sweden is kind of like seen as a resource, a resource for the, the, the government. Em- the empire. <laughs> they, they use the rivers here to make hydroelectric power and they use the forests to make paper and export yeah and and i think also the the indigenous and the mines yeah and the indigenous people have have had their land taken from them for generations and generations and and even and still like uh more mines they they want to expand mining and and open new mines and it's nearly impossible for the native people to live um on the land anymore uh, and, and especially the her, the reindeer herders um, which cannot herd their reindeer anymore because there's not routes for them to travel through through the 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 clear cut forests through the the mining uh, areas through the the dammed rivers so it's just like more and more obstacles yeah <laughs> that's you, kind of new, new, but, yeah sorry it's the, it's the truth you uh mentioned it's it's a bit of an air force town uh what kind of response do you get to your anti-nato peace uh building up there hmm good question <laughs> uh since it's it's sensitive yeah i was mean? gonna say mm. since the war in ukraine started mm. i think people have been more positive to yeah. nato and we're pretty close to russia and so i think a lot of people are worried about the threat coming from Russia and maybe think that joining NATO would make us safer. Mm. I think, yeah, it's what I've, when we talk to people, I think that it's changed a little last few years. Yeah. When you were here, uh, Theo, there was um, our peace group. We, we organized this Arctic Peace Challenge and we, we informed the media. So, uh, so they actually wrote about it in the newspaper and, um, the the editor for the newspaper the the um head editor uh wrote about our peace action as a complete foolishness and the peace he said the peace movement has lost its wits <laughs> basically uh and um he said uh peace requires force a, a total control over violence 
and uh so this it was nice because we i got to respond um to his uh comments uh so but i think that's pretty i mean there are definitely other peace peace um folks in in lulio uh but it's it's few um and um i think we i think it's been harder to get people like motivated to come to our peace uh, gathering so we on the other hand i think this war has also made some people more eager to work for peace that's true yeah i think that the ones that are committed to peace f- f- find a more urgency about doing something um so but i think i think our it's it's um i think for us we we connected a lot to our our faith uh and and our church community um we try to really challenge uh our congregation to th- to rethink like what does it mean to uh to follow Jesus' words about loving our enemies, um, not using violence against another person. Um and when I read the Bible, I think it's very clear that that NATO um in many, many ways goes against the 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 teachings of Jesus. Uh and so um I think I think that's that's a a, a question we try to raise a lot in in our our church community um and some people like it some people don't most people i don't know that's a uh i I think uh um i think maybe we're uh, sometimes the the gnat uh that's bothering uh, but um i'm I'm thankful that our congregation uh, still still welcomes uh still welcomes us and and i think uh i think in it, it also many people see that it is it is relevant i think because um the lutheran tradition where we are in right now hmm. it has such close history with yeah it's been hand in hand with the government for so many centuries that the theology um, is not pacifist one because it hasn't been possible to mm. bite the hand that feeds you. Mm. Mm. But yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, people still read the gospel and I think it's still challenging to think about what the Sermon on the Mount and the teachings of Jesus actually mean today. Mm. And like, mm. how can we take them seriously? And then now the Lutheran church is not a state church anymore. So it should be able to think more freely. Mm. We, we would hope so at least. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you all have like a decently close relationship with that church, right? They, you kind of rent your hospitality space from them and, serve mm-hmm. your community meals out, out of the church as how has that relationship been that not every catholic worker works that closely with like an official mm. religious institution like yeah that. Mm. yeah we don't even have to rent um the hospitality space we are just um uh, for the tuesday meals for the tuesday yeah. meals i mean we 
they just lend out the, hmm. the serving space for that. Um, we're members of the church and um, yeah, people, hmm. other people in the congregation also help out with those um, Tuesdays hmm. and have gotten involved and also other people from other churches and people that are not involved in any church too. It's pretty mixed group of volunteers and guests. Hmm. Um, and then we also, the community space where we live, that's where, um, yeah, it's also church that owns this building where we rent and they've let us garden and do hospitality here. But of course we don't own it. So we do have to ask for permission if we're gonna um, offer more hospitality or need more rooms to rent or, hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, well, yeah, we, we have we have a, a, an allotted space that is the community space, which we can uh, use for hospitality, how how we choose. But then if there's, yeah, if we need if to we expand need or rent space, more. Yeah, we don't own the property. So, yeah, um, but I think and this, yeah, it's 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 challenging in some aspects um, and in other ways, it's uh, it's been a a huge support. Uh, and I think, I think, um, also we can be that prophetic voice, uh, for, um, Christianity and Lulio, uh, and what it, what it means to, to live as a follower of Jesus. I, I think, um, uh, I think for us to stay here in Lulio, it was, <laughs> necessary for us to have a relationship with the or be a part of a, a church community and um and so it was very natural uh for us to 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 become a part of this congregation but uh as as a as a, a catholic worker house um we we don't expect that people that come to be a part of our of the mustard seed community and if they have to be a Lutheran or they have to be a part of our church or whatever, uh, we, we want to be, a, um, an ecumenical community. So anyone's welcome to participate, even if you're not a member of our church. Uh, yeah. In the summertime, there's more that happens on this, um, church camp. So there's camps for kids and there's, um, services and, other gatherings so then um more people are in movement here at the farm or at the yeah. camp and we can access the chapel for our our normal weekly prayer rhythm and sometimes yeah other people join especially during the summer um and i think that the church has also appreciated that there is a prayer rhythm at the camp that is open for people to join mm. and it's been great for us to have a chapel to mm. use so i think like we like you were saying elizabeth mm. there's people in our congregation that are maybe catholic workers and don't yet know it uh and 
having don't, a, yeah, I don't call themselves that. Yeah. And and having a having a space to practice the works of mercy. I think I I would like to think that we've helped uh, people in our church see the gospel in, in a, a new way, um, practicing the works of mercy on a regular basis. Um, uh, rather, than, so our faith becomes a part of like uh, our bodies of, of what we what we do, how we how we live in this world, uh, not just something that we the, theorize or um, think about or believe in on Sundays. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's been, I think our congregation has, has been thankful for that challenged, uh, but maybe in, hopefully in a good way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we've gone about 45 minutes, which is usually like our goal, but if you had any last thoughts, uh, about the Catholic worker or life there at the mustard seed or anything. Uh, now's your chance. Well, I was just thinking, um, we didn't say much about our kids. Uh, we, we have a, a daughter who's five and a half and a son that's three and a half. And we also had a family that lived with us for a year with two kids, the same age. And so our community for the last two years has been very much, um, Five last five and a half years, maybe. Yeah, five, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about the other family. Okay. Yeah, five. Okay, the last five and a half years um, has very has been very influenced by our, our that we have children living in the community, and that's been uh, yeah, it's it's wonderful with with all the activity, uh, but it obviously changes what how the community is shaped and, and maybe there's more and, playing here than in most communities there's a lot of playing not a lot of like um contemplation <laughs> uh or silence stillness till uh, until after the kids have gone to sleep but yeah i was just thinking uh, and I, and i think um i think it's really great that our kids are growing up in community i'm thankful for that <laughs> and and when they visited their grandparents in Kansas they said where are the other people in this house why are they just living two people in this house yeah <laughs> so what's normal yeah we're um, kind of in a a little bit of a transition now we we uh we um are open to people that might be interested in uh, putting down roots in Lilio in the Catholic Worker here at the Mustard Seed. So. Great. Well, hopefully uh, you get a whole flock of great Catholic workers coming your way, thanks to... Yeah, and you can take the train all the way to Lilio. Maybe not from the States, but definitely within Europe. You didn't take the train from Kansas City when you moved there. We took we took the freight ship actually when we moved here, but that took a while and it required some flexibility. How long did it take? What what was that like? It took ten days on the ocean, mm -hmm. and 
We took the train around Europe for a while too. So I guess we were kind of like you that summer. They were traveling the whole whole summer, about two and a half months, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me and being willing to be on coffee with Catholic workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for asking us. And thanks for coming to visit. Yeah, it was really great to have you here. And I have a little bit more connection to the, the movement in, in the States. Um, I hear that it's Sugar Creek soon. And man, that would be really fun to be a part of. Um, you should say hello to people from us. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You can say hello right now if you want to shout any of your favorite people out. You don't have <laughs> oh, to. Gosh. Oh, no, I don't know if I should single anyone out. <laughs> but I've had a lot of fun at Sugar Creek before. So, uh, yeah, I miss it. And we also really enjoyed our, our visitors from the Netherlands. We got yeah. to feel like we were connected to the European Catholic worker for a couple of weeks. And yeah. it was really nice. Yeah. That wraps up another episode of Coffee with Catholic Workers. If you'd like to reach out to us with comments, suggestions, clarification of thought, you can email us at coffeewithcatholicworkers at gmail.com. We'd like to thank our Catholic worker audio engineer Chris, as well as David Hayes for our music and Becky McIntyre for our graphic. Thanks for joining us again for some clarification of thought. We hope today's conversation has been enlightening and maybe even that you're encouraged to go out and help build a world where it's easier to be good.